Hey guys, welcome back to the Marriage and Real Estate Podcast. We're your hosts, Kevin and Aisha Shelton, and we're back with Citizens Trust Bank with Cracking the Code, our Cracking the Code series. Today, we're talking about scaling your business through commercial real estate and commercial lending. And we have here with us, Bradley, who's going to tell us more about that from his perspective at Citizens Trust Bank. So no, thank hey, you. Thank you. I, I wanted to, to formally introduce Bradley. So um, of course, we partnered with Citizens on this Crack the Code series, and we've been able to have their mortgage division. But now we get to the the big vision, the big journey, which is the commercial lending side. So we have a veteran podcaster, uh, Mr. Bradley here, who's going to give us the insight in the, the inroads to commercial lending, especially from Citizens Trust, who as we know from our previous podcast, over 100 years old, Black-owned bank, one of the largest in the country, and uh, he operates in the space every day. So Bradley, please introduce yourself. Hey, world. How are you? Bradley Anderson. I am on the commercial lending team uh, for Citizens Trust Bank. Pleased to be here with uh, Kevin and Aisha and, and talking a little commercial real estate and commercial lending with you guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Awesome. Awesome. So we'll jump right into it. So one of the fun things that people love these days is talking about doing it big, right? And buying the block and all these fun kind of tagline things. Well, the underpinnings to that is commercial real estate and commercial lending is the way that people can access it. So we wanted to um, really speak to that level of the audience that wants to take it up a notch. So more than just a single family home, looking into getting lending for their business, owner-occupied real estate, syndications, we can go in a lot of different uh, directions with this. But one of the things that we wanted to do is just give an overview of what commercial lending is and all the things that people see that they might not know is commercial real estate or available for commercial lending. So if you give an overview of that. Sure, sure. So um, for Citizens Trust, we are about using credit to build wealth. So I think from residential real estate and even residential investing, the natural segue is into commercial real estate. And ultimately, you need a commercial loan or commercial mortgage to acquire commercial real estate. Um, one of the big differences I find between commercial real estate and residential real estate, other than the fact that you live in it, right, um, is how value is derived and understood, right? So in residential real estate, valuation is more subjective, right? It's really what someone is willing to pay for something that sets the value. And so now you'll have an appraisal, you'll look around, you'll say, well, what are the comparable sales in a particular market? And those comparable sales set the market and you look like for like, apple for apple, oranges for orange, oranges to oranges. In commercial, the, the, the underlying value is derived from cash flow, right? What is the cash flow of a particular property? You're looking at your operational expenses as well as your capex, right? How much does it cost to operate? How much did it cost to, to acquire? Uh, and, and fix up or, or do repairs and maintain. When you look at that and take all of that and say, okay, well now how much money is left over? It's almost like any other business. You're, you have your revenue 
and you've got your costs and expenses and, and things of that nature and what is left over, that's where we get our value from, right? So that's net operating income. After you take out uh, the expenses and costs, you're left with what your net is. And that's where we start to derive value. We'll get into cap rates at another time, but that's that's what I like my, myself personally because it is more objective, right? How do we get to valuation in commercial real estate, it is indeed through understanding how net operating income is expressed. So, you know, in our community, that's definitely one of the areas where we're we're not very informed, right? We're not mm-hmm. educated in commercial real estate. So, you know, I started my career in residential real estate, and then I went to commercial real estate because that's where the money was. And I spent the majority of my career over 12 years in the commercial real estate space, and I saw the power of it, right? But I also didn't see that many people who look like me operating in that space. Why has that been so hard historically? Like, why has, you know, Black people been kind of boxed out of commercial real estate? And what are some of the ways that we can overcome those challenges? Oh, brother Kevin, brother Kevin took (laughs) us right, he took us into the fire. Um, Well, Listen, so my personal opinions may or reflect uh, those of my employer, um, and, and I'm not necessarily even speaking for Citizens Trust Bank when I respond and give my answer. Um, we historically have not had access to information. We have not had access to capital. We have not had access to credit. Those three things are the most important things. And I'll throw, I'll throw another word in there, opportunity, right? So access to capital, access to credit, um, access to knowledge and access to opportunity. Those four things are the integral components of anything where business and commerce are concerned, right? And so we can break down specifically those things, access to capital. Well, capital is pulled, right? It's pulled together. If you're looking at a certain community, um, there are communities and subsets of cultures within the United States of America that, that naturally pull their resources together, right? And spend money with each other. They build little sub economies right that keep their dollars circulating and take some of those dollars out to invest whether that's in the infrastructure of the community or whether that's in acquiring assets that benefit them the individual their family and their larger community right so you have that that's the capital piece the credit piece is being able to borrow whether that's from institutions or other people to leverage, to be able to purchase assets, right? Because let's face it, if you're looking at buying uh, a 20-unit apartment building that's a million dollars or $2 million, we'll we'll say $2 million. Most of us aren't walking around with $2 million in our pocket. We're not walking around with a million dollars in our pocket, right? So how do you come about accessing what is necessary to buy? It's leverage, right? Access to credit. So now you have to be able to go to institutions, whether that's bank or non-bank lenders, 
that can provide you with the leverage to be able to buy those type of assets. Historically, we we haven't had access to those institutions. And, and I think that is the beauty of banks far and few between, but banks such as Citizens Trust Bank, we're committed to providing an institution that provides access to credit, right? So that's the capital piece. That's the credit piece. Then we get to knowledge, right? The information. Great-grandma, maybe great-great-grandma, uh, for obvious reasons, if she was of African-American descent or Black in the community, great-great-great-grandma, we know why she didn't have the information. We know why great-great-grandpa didn't have the information and then wasn't able to impart that knowledge to lineage to descendants to pass that information on. See, investing and understanding how money works, how finance works, it, it's a cultural thing. Yes, you can get the information on your own from college. Yes, you can get it from from here, there, and every now and in, 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 in this day and age, you can get it from the internet. However, as you and I know, and, and I don't want to assume, but but I'm a parent, right? And, and you guys are, are parents and, and, and your audience is likely parents. You can tell your kids whatever you want. You can point them to a book. You can even make them read that book. It is science and proven that human beings learn from what they see and what they observe far more from what they read. So culturally, if you haven't seen it done, then in your mind, is it really possible or is it some off in the clouds esoteric concept that I'm not going to encounter? I haven't seen community pull together money and invest. I haven't seen uh, 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 wealth built. I haven't seen. So the information, it, 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 it not only has to be read and understood, but it has to, you have to observe it being applied. And when you observe it being applied, then that information is burnt and imprinted in your mind. And you understand that, yes, I can do it. It can be do it. And that's the perfect segue into opportunities, right? So once we've seen it applied and we know Jerome around the corner bought that 20 unit building, Miss Ann across town was able to buy a Walgreens. Uh, Sister Teresa at church, she was able to buy two McDonald's, all right? So now we have those examples. Now we transfer into opportunity because Jerome is gonna sell to Bradley. Sister Ann is going to sell to Kevin. Why? Because they want to cash out, right? And they want to realize appreciation on their asset, but they also want to keep that wealth and the opportunity to make money in the community, right? So those are all, that. that's where those four things apply and where it comes in. Now, the other part of this conversation that I'm not necessarily sure we can have today because we're limited on time is there have been pockets of community historically throughout the United States where African-American people have come together, have created culture, have built infrastructure, have built community and have invested. But because we don't always control the narrative and control the media outlets, our stories aren't told. All we hear about is Tulsa. All we hear about is Harlem. We, we don't hear about Detroit. We don't hear about Raleigh, North Carolina. We don't hear about 
you know, the things that went on in, in Texas, the things that we don't hear about. We think that we're limited to three isolated examples of where black people came together and built wealth. But by and large, that again becomes impossible. Why? Because it goes for us individually, because it goes back to have we seen it done? We've read about it. Now, have we seen it done? And do we believe we can do it? So that's and my own answer. We're going to have to have a part two because you just <laughs> you, you sparked <laughs> off so much. I, I, know, I know I asked a, a, a multifaceted question, but your answer was just amazing. And I, I want to touch on two points because I want to add a bonus to the four items that you said. Um, but the first thing I want to touch on is that exposure piece of seeing it done. The biggest thing that I've noticed in our family, and this is just literally our transition into real estate is the trajectory change in our immediate and kind of external family because we started to invest and in, in go into real estate. So now we've spawned other couples who invest in real estate, who work full time in real estate. We've sparked the idea of real estate in a lot of, and it's just really exposure. But even in our own children, in our household, now it's a regular conversation. Now, when my children see a house, my, my oldest, our oldest is going to be 15 in a couple of months. And um, we started investing when she was like six or seven. So every time we pass a house, she's like, oh, I see houses all the time. We do this. Like, it's not even it's not even a thing. It's she sees it so much that it's like a regular thing. I took her in the house. I was like, oh, don't you think this house is nice? She said all the houses we build are nice. So. It almost Love like it. takes away the like surprise of it all because it's such an old hat. Um, but the the bonus thing I wanted to add to your point was not just opportunity, but benefit of the doubt. And the benefit of the doubt piece is there's an underlying assumption in these other communities that you will do well if you get the opportunity that we as black people don't get. Right. So you can have the credit, you can have the capital, you can have the opportunity. But the thing that might stop you is you don't get the benefit of the doubt and it still leaves you isolated and locked out of the room. Uh, I had lunch with a gentleman years ago who he owned two of the largest skyscrapers in downtown Houston and how he got started. He was an architect and he worked for Gregory Hines uh, or for Gerald D. Hines. Sorry, not Gregory Hines. Gerald. Gregory Hines is a whole different person. Gerald D. Hines, one of the largest developers in the world. Well, when he wanted to buy his first building, he worked full time for Hines. He left to start his own shop. He got a call from Hines himself. He said, hey, I'm about to sell a building. I want to sell it to you. I'm going to sell it on an owner finance note. Gave him the opportunity. He leased up that building. Midway in leasing it up. Gerald D. Hines calls him again and says, hey, I got another building I'm going to sell you. So now here it is, two opportunities that Gerald Hines gave him to do his own thing. So fast forward 20 years later, he owns two of the largest skyscrapers in downtown Houston. Why? It started off with that opportunity, but he got the benefit of the doubt that with that opportunity, he would do well. Man, we going to have to look. This is going to have to be a long form uh, conversation. We'll have to have another part. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to have the conversation yeah. anytime. Um, and I just wanted to take the time out not only to thank you for the sacrifices you guys have made in creating the platform and having the conversation 
in raising your children, in being that example to our community. Um, because that, that, that has to be, I have to give you guys your flowers while you can smell them, touch them, taste them, feel them. Shit, if you, if you, if you vegan cook them and eat them. Right. So <laughs> I, I have to do that because it's so important to create and push forward culture and to, to, to piggyback off of your point on benefit of the doubt, right? Let's talk about it. Benefit of the doubt. Your, your children have seen you guys over the last 10, 15 years be successful. And a part of that success has been your wins and the opportunities to learn. I don't call them, I don't call them losses, but the opportunities to learn because it's imprinted now in your children. When they go out into the world and they fall flat on their face they're not going to think in their mind, I fell on my face. I can't do it. No, they're going to think, oh, that didn't work. Let me try again. No, oh, that didn't work. Let me try again. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, that worked. Mom, dad, it worked. I made a million. Yeah. Made a million. Yeah. So one of the things that happens with us, and this too is a part of culture, is we are judged by the worst. We're judged by the worst of us. We're judged by our failures. We're just because a lot of us have the pathology of cultural image or cultural self-hate, right? When you go into that African-American or black restaurant and you have a bad customer experience, man, I ain't going back to no more black restaurants. I ain't going. But when you go into a white restaurant and you experience a negative, we're not judging all Caucasian owned restaurants based on that singular experience. Right. And I, I bring that back to real estate. If you step out and do it or attempt it, if you're not, ex if you're not successful the first time, the second time, the third time, that's not an indictment of you. That's not an indictment of where you come from. That's not an indictment of your culture and your ethnicity. You just have to keep trying. There's you to learn. And, and, and so I think that's very important. What you guys do in the creation of culture and, and pushing forward as a, as a stellar example is an amazing and beautiful thing. And I think that's, that's why Citizens Trust Bank is here to partner with people such as yourselves and to help grow not just the dollars and cents, but the wealth of culture, right? And that's how we change the tide of what has occurred to us. And, and I don't like to harp too much on, on the past and the negatives, but we do have to acknowledge it. We do have to talk about it in order to, to solve it, to, to fix it. And that, that, um, that point about benefit of the doubt is so crucial. It's so crucial that we understand what that really means. So no, thank you for that. No, man, I, you know, it, it's crazy because you, you talk about image and, and representation, essentially. Right. And if, I don't know if you could see the pictures behind me. Um, man, I noticed the reason I have these pictures behind me is I come from a family of landscapers and I'm in construction. And for me, I used to go in all the, the job interviews I used to go into or the offices I used to go into. You'd see the men on the Empire State Building on the steel, right? Mm -hmm. Eat their lunch. 
And mm-hmm. being a construction nerd like I am, I've wanted to be a builder since I was 12. You aspire to be like the people that you see. What well, you see? the representation, you never saw Black people in construction. You always saw us in some type of subservient, but never making a true contribution to building America. So the reason why I have the picture on, uh, it's my left, it's probably your right, it's This is one of the few, few pictures I've ever seen of a black person actually in the construction of America. Right. So that's a U.S. monument behind him. And he's, you know, working on the actual job site of the U.S. monument. And then the homage to the landscapers and the sharecroppers is my family background of landscaping. So for me, I stand on the shoulders of both these pictures on a day to day basis. And when you come into my office. That's what you see. You see my version of the men eating their lunch on the steel beam. And we didn't have the Empire State Building, but we made our own contributions. And this is our history and this is our legacy. So that was important for me. And, you know, when I thought about my office and I had the opportunity to design my own office, these were the pictures that I wanted. So. But no, man, I, we got to do a long podcast on this because our I typical show is. I had lots of questions for you. But I'm respectful of time, but then you have to make a promise to come back. That's just how that uh, works. No, for sure, for sure. Any uh, any time, uh, I am more than uh, more than willing, and and perhaps even my wife uh, can join. She's got a very interesting story of her own. Um, Forty. Wow. I almost told the age. I mean, my wife has been in business for 26 years and has never had a job. She has started and sold over a half dozen businesses. Right. So understanding what the journey of an entrepreneur is, what wealth building is, the difference between financial security, riches and wealth. You know, they they're interrelated, but they're three entirely separate things. Right. So understanding that and uh and no, while we have a little bit of time, if there's any questions that you feel you want me to answer for for our, for your audience, uh, feel free to ask, and uh, and we will get together and do this to to again. Uh, I'm sure more than more than once. Well, I, what I want to do is I I want to set aside some real time and get you and the wife on the podcast, and I definitely want to um really give Citizens Trust Bank a shout out for uh, not only you guys investing in our local community and investing in us as a business, but partnering with us on bringing this information to our audience and being so passionate about our community and being of the community because we don't have enough banks. We have very, very few. Um, and you guys are really putting putting your money up where your mouth is. And I, for me, that's what matters, right? Because we all talk that talk and the reality of the situation is if we don't get the benefit of the doubt at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, right? And um, I would say that for what I've seen from your team, from your company, you guys do that. So uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. This is not by any means the end. We're going to yeah. have to do, we, we're going to take time limits off. Y'all going to book some time. And we might even have y'all. We might either come down there, or y'all might have to come here, and we okay. really make it a thing. Because Atlanta's like a second home to me. I I have an uncle in Atlanta. I used to spend my summers there as a kid. So um, maybe we'll do that and check out some stuff. So we appreciate your time. If you want to give your contact information, if anybody has any questions, uh, reach out to you at the bank. Give all your handles, all that. 
Absolutely. So you can reach uh, me at bradley.anderson at ctbatl.com. A little bit of time, but I do respond to all emails um, at baustinbanker as well on Instagram and uh, and Twitter. And uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm open to sharing knowledge, uh, learning and experience. I think that's how we all grow. Uh, and we all we all help one another. So, man, it's been a true pleasure. Best highlight of my day. Highlight of my day. I appreciate it. Thank you. No, no, no. You were absolutely great. Uh, this has been the Manager Real Estate Podcast. Please like, subscribe, share this podcast. And we look forward to more uh, information for our audience on this. So uh, this has been another week. We'll see you guys. We're out.